turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Humility of mind, next on today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing. Join us. I've actually heard it said, I'm a humble person. I'm humiliated all the time. Fact is, there is a humility of mind that we as Christians are to have, and it's far from humiliation. Welcome to today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman, from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore. Our time together today will take us to James chapter 4. We'll focus in on the first four verses as we understand what humility of mind is all about. Join us for today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing, our teacher and pastor now. Once again, Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. Come on, let's go to Book of James chapter 4, verse 1 to 4. And I want to share something with you that I think is, is very important. All week, the Lord has been dealing with me about the mind. The mind. Before the enemy can get control of your life, and manipulate you into a direction and the direction that he wants you to go, he starts off by, by badgering, buffeting, uh, attacking, if you will, our minds. And for all of us, we have to understand the power of our mind and how God wants to renew us in our minds and things of this nature. And we'll talk about this and as we go down here, but it's very key, it's very important for all of us to realize that your mind is continually under attack. And it's our job to make sure that we allow things in and we keep things out of it. Amen? And so it's very, very important when we look at this. And for me, one of the things that God has just impressed upon me this week is that I've just kind of been meditating on it is one of the ways in which we're able to help to guard our minds is, is developing and cultivating a humility of mind. Well, from a mindset standpoint, you're going to see this, where we don't allow ourselves to get puffed up. Pride is dangerous, and it opens the door, and it feeds ego, and it causes us to let our guard down, and then ultimately pursue things that could potentially damage us. And we want to make sure from a, a mind standpoint that we think soberly. Somebody say soberly. We want to think soberly. We don't want to think too much of ourselves or too li uh, little of ourselves. We want to think soberly. We want to learn to see ourselves the way that God sees us. In the book of James chapter 4, verse 1 to 4, we're going to take a look at this. And the title of my message is Humility of Mind. It says in verse 1, Where do wars, James chapter 4 verse 1, Where do wars and fights come from among you? 
Do they not come from your desires for pleasures? For pleasure that war in your members? He says, you lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight in war, yet you do not have because you what? Do not ask. He says in the verse 3, I think this is important. He says, you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your what? Pleasures. And so what happens is on, from an internal standpoint and then also from a relational standpoint, he's telling us that wars and fightings and things of this nature, they originate from what's going on within people's lives. What's going on in their hearts, and you're going to see this, what's going on ultimately in a person's mind. And at the heart of it all, I like what he says here in verse 1. He says, where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your what? Desires for pleasure that war in your members. And so what happens to us, and this, there's, King James also says lust. And all lust really is, is an unlawful desire that we have within us. And so what happens is this, this unlawful desire, and he says specifically here, for pleasures begins to battle within us. Begins to war within us. And there's a fight that goes on on the inside. Whether it's for things, whether it's for the things in which, for, for uh, 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 ways in which we want to appear. Selfish ambitions. They start to war within our minds, and there's a battle that goes on within us. And because this battle is going on within us, it causes us to have battles outside of us. He says in verse 2, you lust and do not have. He says, you murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight in war, he says, yet you do not have because you what? Do not ask. One of the reasons why sometimes things are not coming to place and and coming to pass in our lives is because we haven't just simply taken time to pray about things and to seek God on them. And then, now watch this here, and, and then allow ourselves to become patient enough for God to materialize it in his timing. Let me say this to you. A lot, sometimes God has something for you, but you're not ready for it yet. And this becomes the problem. Am I willing to ask, be patient, and allow God's processes to take its place? This is one of the reasons why sometimes we're not seeing, um, you know, things that technically God has in store for us manifesting in our life. Because we're not just being patient and asking God and allowing God to materialize it. We fight and we war and we murder and we covet and, and we don't sit back and just say, God, I'm praying to you. When your time is ready, you'll manifest it. I'm going to enjoy my life until you manifest it. And then he doesn't stop there. He says in verse 3, you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss. He says that you may spend it on your pleasures. Now he's saying sometimes the things aren't coming to pass in your life because your heart and you're asking amiss and you're in this only self-motivated. It's only for you. It's all about you. It's just what you want. It's not about what God's want. It's not serving God's purpose. It's all about just self-fulfillment and pleasure. And this is another reason why sometimes things don't come to pass in our life. We're asking amiss. Word means it's worthless. It's meaningless. It means nothing. You're asking and it's, it doesn't matter. It, and your heart is not right in saying it and asking for it. 
Why? Because it's all about you, that you might spend it on your own pleasure. And I love God because God loves us enough that, and I love it, if he has to, he'll block things in your life that he knows can destroy you. And we have to be thankful for that and praise God for it. Amen? Look what he says in verse 4. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself, he says, an enemy of God. And I love this because what this tells me is that God is serious about the relationship. He considers it a relationship. He considers me to be a spouse to him. That my life belongs to him and I'm in relationship with him. But what happens for a lot of people, and he's not talking to unbelievers here, saints. He's talking to people that know God. He calls them adulterers. You're cheating on God because you just want the world. You you have a desire for pleasure and, and those things. And that's all you're looking for. And you're asking amiss and you desire and you're fighting and you're getting into arguments with this person. And you hate that person and, and you're mad at this person and, and you're upset and, and you have this internal war going on. And now it's manifesting in the fighting going on all around it because you want stuff. And God is saying, can you just have me? So James says that they were adulterers and adulteresses because they they made themselves friends with the world and they desired the world more than God ultimately. He says in verse 5, Or do you think that the scripture says in vain that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit who dwells in us, yearns jealously? What he's saying is, is not that the Holy Spirit is jealous of us, he's jealous for us. He wants what's best for us in our lives, and he's trying to help us to fight off all the other influences that are getting our hearts and ultimately our minds to go after things that God's not, he's not looking for us to obtain at this particular time, or he just doesn't want us to be involved in at all. But we got this fight going on. Man, I don't know why God's not blessing me. He knows I drove by that house and prayed about it five times. I don't know why God's not blessing me. He knows I don't like being single. I don't know why God's not blessing me. I don't know. He's, man, what? I don't, I can't understand God's plan. He knows that I want the Bentley. And we're fighting and we're coveting and we're lusting and we're, we're sitting back and we're wondering why isn't God blessing us. And we don't stop to say, well, what, what's going on in me? Because a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things which he possesses. Your life is more than the stuff you have. Their life is more than stuff. But what happens is our minds are right. We're going to get into this. Our minds are right. And it affects not only just how we're dealing with stuff, but then how we're dealing in ministry. How we're dealing in our jobs. And we haven't valued the, the word contentment. And, and, and realize that there's, there's great gain in contentment. And God teaches us how to enjoy our life beyond just having our stuff. And we, God's going to bless us with stuff. And the stuff, we're going to have stuff. But the stuff should not have us. And it shouldn't be our only quest in life. I mean, it shouldn't be our only quest in life. And so what happens here is, is the Spirit of God is within us. And he's yearning jealously. Stop. Help. Stop. Stop. You know, one of the things that, that I like to do, and my wife, we sit back, and my wife doesn't really like to watch it as much because she's basically tired of it, but I like to watch it. 
I like to watch this show called American Greed. And this show, American Greed, is a great show because these guys, every time, every single time, it is, it's just guys come in and they scam Bernie Madoff and, and these guys, they scam peop, people. And all of it is about lust, greed, sex, drugs, alcohol, pride, arrogance. I want to have the plane. I want to have the big office. I want to have, and it's about, and it's, it, and this show, every time, it's just somebody got greedy and connected themselves with people who were greedy. Can I have an amen? And then there was a, a quick way to make money and to get 20, 30% return. The devil is a lie. And, and to make a quick buck. And, and, and it's the same thing over and over again. And I asked myself, when are we going to learn that the devil doesn't have any new tactics? That he uses the same thing over and over and over and over again because human beings will not stop and say, this, my life is not about me and my stuff. It is about Jesus and his kingdom being advanced. Can I have it? Can I talk about this this morning? And yes, God wants to bless us. Yes, God wants to do certain things. But we have to start getting our minds right so that we realize that ultimately, am I, and what I'm doing, is, it, is my heart truly for God? Is it truly to advance the kingdom of God? Or, or am I just coming to church so I can get my marriage fixed? Am I just coming to church so God can bless me with a new job? Am I just coming to church so, so, so that I can get some friends because I don't have any friends? Or am, I just, or am I coming to church because I found out about a man named Jesus? And I heard that I can learn more about Jesus in this church. And I want to know about Jesus. I want to fall in love with Jesus. I have been a spouse to Jesus. I want to get to know who Jesus is. Yes, God will bless us with many things. But we have to make sure that it's all about Jesus. Look what he says here in verse 6. He says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the who? The proud. But he gives grace to the who? To the humble. And I think this is where we have to learn to transition and realize that God is looking for people that, that are humble. And they're not just humble in outward disposition. But they're humble in inward condition of heart and mind. That from a mindset standpoint that they're a humble people. And because they understand who Jesus is, what he came to do, how much we desperately needed him. And regardless of all the stuff that I am rich in God at all times through my relationship with him. And he's a sustainer. He's a provider. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. But at the end of the day... I'm humble before God, humble before God's people, and not just in outward disposition, but in my thinking. In my thinking, I'm humble. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 3 to 10. This is also going to help us with this. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Look what it says here in verse 3. He says, if anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to wholesome words... Even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ and to the doctrine which, which accords with godliness. He says, he is proud, knowing nothing, but is obsessed with disputes and arguments 
over words from which come envy, strife, reviling, evil suspicions, useless wranglings. And then watch this. Of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. He says from such, Apostle Paul says, withdraw yourself. And this is important because what I wanted to draw out of this passage was the word corrupt minds. The word, this, 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 this word corrupt. The word corrupt there, it means perverse or defiled mind. It is a mind that is continually decaying, it says in the Greek. It's de- continually decaying. So this tells me that my mind can be perverted into thinking the wrong way. Even concerning Christ and godliness and things of that nature, church. And that my mind can be defiled. That my, that my thinking has become defiled because of the, really the condition of my heart and my life's pursuit. And then, I like, like I said earlier, my mind can begin to decay wholly or completely. That now my mind, if you're not watching, you can start losing your mind. And your mind can go down a road that leads to more and more deception. Why? Because a person thinks that walking with Christ, learning the gospel, getting together together with God, coming to church, serving the ministry, doing all these things is just a means for me to get gain in my life. We have to realize that if that's our only motivation and our only pursuit, then we're chasing after the wrong thing. Our pursuit, like I stated earlier, should always be Jesus. I want to get to know him. If I'm going to gain anything, it's a relationship with him. Out of the relationship, great things will flow. But then out of the relationship, there's going to be moments and times in my life where I'm going to have my back against a wall. Where I'm not going to know what to do. When I am going to have need. And I am going to feel. All you have to do is pick up your Bible and read the book of Acts. Read the Gospels. And see that it's not just about how high I can go. It's not just about how low I can go. It's, it's about how stable I can be in the midst of my highs and my lows. Will I stay consistent before God in my pursuit for God and my love for God? And so Apostle Paul is telling Timothy this. And then he says here in verse 6, Now godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world and is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing with these we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a what? Snare. And into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. For which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierce themselves through, he says, with many, with many sorrows. And so we have to realize that the pursuit is, is the issue. God wants us to have great jobs. He wants to bless us. But we have to make sure that we're constantly on guard of our heart so that we, we do not allow the pursuit of money and things and stuff and this and that consume us to the point to where that becomes our life's pursuit. All of us are called to be led by the Spirit of God. We're called called to be moved by the hand of God. We're all called to serve His purposes. And some of us in this room, you're going to be rich. And you may be rich now. 
Some of this in the room, you may be in a situation where you're, you feel like you're at the bottom, you know, of the barrel. And yes, hey, God may, he may bring you to another height. But in whether you're rich or you're poor, do you have a contentment in regards to your relationship with Christ and your life's pursuit? Are you settled in that? Doesn't mean that you don't aspire to have a better job. Doesn't mean that you don't aspire to have a, a better house. But if you don't have them, we have to learn not to sit in our homes and war and fight and complain and grumble and not come to church because I'm going to get God back for not blessing me this week. Can I preach this this morning? Can I preach this this morning? And this is how people take it out on God. He didn't bless me this week. I'm not going to praise him. And we don't realize that that's not what the gospel is all about. Every day, in my highs and lows, I'm just getting to know Jesus. I'm getting to know him. Even through the stuff that our church went through, I'm going to just say this to you. I learned so much about Jesus that I had, I had, I knew, I know Jesus. But I had never seen Jesus the way I seen him during this process as a sustainer. I never take that time back. Never. Why? Because I saw God do something that I had never seen. I saw him. I saw another glimpse of, of who he is and his ability to sustain, to sustain a church, to sustain a person, to sustain a ministry, to say, sustain people like I'd never seen before. I said, this is amazing. Sometimes I even walk around and say, I can't. Did, did, did God just do that? What I'm saying is, is in your life, it's not, you're not just learning from your high times, but also from your low times. But all of us, we learn to say, God, I thank you for who you are in my life. Can we thank him for who he is in our life? Come on now. Can we thank him like he is great and that he blesses us? But people's life's pursuit is just how can, and they pierce themselves through with many sorrows. And I believe ultimately it's because people's mind gets, minds get corrupted. And they allow their minds to go wayward in the sight of God. Turn to Philippians chapter 2. And this is the scripture that I really wanted to get to. And I wanted to share with you. Because there's a, there's a condition of our mind that we all want to grasp and allow to be forged within us. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 on down to 5. It says, therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, and I like this, he says, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, get this, he says here, fulfill my joy by being what? Come on, saints, by being what? Like-minded. And so what he's saying here is, is a local church, he's basically saying there's a place that we get, through, get to through the influence of the Holy Spirit in our lives that we begin to develop the same kind of mindset. Our minds begin to flow in the same direction and in the same purpose. Doesn't mean that we, we don't have, you know, varying views and different things like that. But it's the Holy Spirit and he's the only one that can cause all of us to begin to think alike. And it's his job 
to come into our lives and help us to have the same view turn, turn, turning, uh, concerning Christ. The same view concerning who God our Father is. And it's Him in our midst that helps to unify us. Just because somebody's sitting next to you does not mean that they're unified with you. But it's the Holy Spirit that helps to forge this. And he says this. He says, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love. So now he begins to forge the same kind of love within our hearts for each other and for people. He says, being of one accord. He says, and of one what? Mind. This is what God does. Only God can do this. Only God can do this. But it's our job to desire this. And then he says, He says the things that can hinder that from happening. He says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, pride, arrogance. But in lowliness of what? But in lowliness of mind. He says, let each esteem others better than themselves. Well, thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. This program is the production of The Well Christian Community. And we pray today's broadcast has blessed you and has encouraged you in Christ. If it has, would you take a moment and let us know? There are several ways that you can contact us. First, by mail. The Well Christian Community. Address your envelope to 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore. The zip code is 945 945- You can also stop by our website, learn more about us, and drop us an email, thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. And then, of course, by phone, 925-292-7800. That's 925-292-7800. As you visit our website, don't forget to look for the link to our Facebook page. And if you're on Facebook, simply search The Well Christian Community. You can even follow Pastor Napoleon on Twitter with the address at Napoleon Kaufman, all one word. Until next time, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life and may he bring you a peace that passes all understanding. Understanding.